This is a podcast from the Business Times. Property is always an eventful space to cover. A major announcement in 2023 was that of the new classification of built-to-order or BTO flats by the Housing and Development Board or HDB. Welcome to Property BT, a podcast series by the Business Times. I'm Senior Correspondent Leslie Yee, and I'll be your host as we gather insights on all things Singapore property to help you in your property investment journey. Starting from the second half of 2024, we will have Standard, Plus and Prime Flats. Plus Flats are in choice locations and Prime Flats the best locations. Plus Flats enjoy more subsidies and Prime Flats the most subsidies. The catches Plus and Prime Flats come with tighter restrictions. There's clawback of sales proceeds when B2O buyers sell their homes. There's a longer minimum occupation period of 10 years. Also, a flat cannot be rented out whole. Sale of the units in the resale market is restricted to buyers who meet the existing income ceiling to buy BTO units. Moreover, permanent resident households cannot buy resale plus or prime flats. The new Standard Plus and Prime model for BTO units aims to keep housing affordable, including in choice locations and to reduce the lottery effect of some BTO buyers making windfall gains. Ah, but if you are clever, why not just buy an existing HDB resale unit in a good location that does not come with restrictions applying to Plus and Prime units? Get a home in a good location with fewer restrictions so one enjoys greater flexibility. Today, I dive into the topic of restriction-like HDB resale flats in popular locations with a veteran in the property field, Nicholas Mark. Nick is Chief Research Officer of Mogul.sg. Nick, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Has there been more interest in large HDB resale flats in central locations and mature estates because of the introduction of the new HDB Standard Plus and Prime model? Well, based on our research, in the eight months leading up to the announcement of this new classification by the Prime Minister at the National Day Rally, and we compare the proportions of uh, large flats in prime locations versus what happened in the last three months, we find that there's actually only a very small slight take-up in the number of flats, especially big flats in the central location. Take, for example, before the announcement, about 9.1% of all the transacted flats are for big flats in central regions. And after the announcement, that proportion only rise to 9.46%. So it's just a 0.3% increase. The increase is slightly more significant for smaller flats in the central regions. But in the other regions, what we call outside central regions in the suburban areas, there's just been a slight fall in the preference for larger flats by just about 0.8%. So the changes are not really that significant yet. Interesting observations, Nick. I think in Singapore, we do complain a lot about many things, including about why homes are so expensive. We probably complain too much. We have world-class public housing in Singapore. HDB homes are well-built and well-designed. Many HDB towns are well-served by public transport and many amenities. People desire to live in HDB homes. Hence, there's a vibrant resale market. In the resale market, some bars pay top dollar to get a spacious home in central and well-established locations. There are HDB homes that sell for princely sums of close to 1.5 million Singapore dollars. 
What is the profile of the buyers who pay top dollar in the HDB resale market? The profile of buyers uh, who are willing to pay top dollars for HDB resale flats can vary quite widely. They can be young families who are buying their first home and some of them may not because their income level is so high, they are not qualified to apply for BTO flats. Others may need some financial assistance from their parents all the way to even senior citizens, retirees who may have sold their private condominiums and then decide to downgrade to buy a HDB flat. But because they could sell their condominiums for a few million dollars, they may keep half of it perhaps for their retirement fund and they are willing to pay more than a million dollars for uh, spacious HDB flats. And there are also other groups, like for example, new citizens who have waited for a while as permanent residents and when they are issued their Pink Singapore IC, they are now qualified to buy our public housing. And to them, the quality of our public housing is practically as good as private housing in some other countries. So we do have quite a wide range of buyers who are willing to pay top dollar in the HDB resale market. Home buying is a major decision for many households. It is a big-ticket item. Buyers want a good home and also want to make money. A good location helps, but within a choice location, should one choose existing resale flats with fewer restrictions or plus and prime flats with much tighter restrictions? I think it is tough. HDB has exciting plans for new homes in great locations, such as the Greater Southern Waterfront, but these homes could be classified as plus or prime and come with onerous restrictions. What are the pros and cons, Nick, of buying existing resale flats in sought-after locations versus plus and prime flats? Hmm. Well, I'll start off with the advantages of buying resale flats in some of the prime locations. And one of them is that the shorter waiting time, because the flats are already completed, so the buyers can actually take possessions of the flats and move in after all the legal paperwork are settled. Secondly is that you're basically buying what you see. What you see is what you get. So there are no hidden surprises. However, some of these existing flats in prime locations tend to be older. For example, in Queenstown, they can be even 30 to 50 years old. So their existing lease is much shorter. Secondly, they are of older designs. So they may not come with some of the amenities or perhaps the layout is a bit dated. On the flip side is that if you were to buy the new BTO flats in some of these prime locations, of course, you get a fresh 99-year lease. You get a new building, new design with new amenities. However, they do come with longer MOP, minimum occupation period, which is one of the bugbears of some of the potential buyers of such flats. Another advantage of buying a brand new flats, be it a plus or prime HDB flats, is that the price is cheaper than buying a resale flats in the same locations because these flats are subsidized by the government. Although if the buyer decide to sell the flat subsequently down the road, they may have to pay part of the resale proceeds to the government as a subsidy clawback. But I think to some of the buyers that I've encountered, they don't mind the subsidy clawback. But what they are more concerned about is the longer MOP, which is stretched out to 10 years. Thanks, Nick. For some very useful advice on how restriction-light HDB resale homes stack up against plus and prime flats. For many young couples, getting their first BTO home is exciting. 
being a homeowner suddenly makes one feel all grown up. But choosing what to buy can be stressful. Which set of parents should they stay near? Which partner's workplace? What about being near a popular primary school? Added to all this, buyers should evaluate if going for BTO Plus or Prime Flats still makes sense. Still to come, how mindful should one be of Landy's decay of HDB resale flats? Learn to protect and grow your wealth with BT Wealth editor Genevieve Quar in her monthly podcast series, every fourth Monday of the month, with your trusted partner for financial information. Go to bt.sg podcasts to download. And now, back to Property BT from the Business Times. In property-obsessed Singapore, many of us dream of being a landlord. Sit back, relax, and earn money from the tenant to finance one's lifestyle. What a dream! With restriction-light HDB resale flats in good locations, one may find it easy to rent out a whole unit for a good return. Perhaps one can retire in a neighbouring country where cost of living is lower while earning Singapore dollars from renting out one's HDB home. What are the returns, Nick, from renting out a whole flat in a popular location? Is it a big drawback if one cannot rent out a whole flat? Well, Leslie, I'll start with your second question first. Depends on the requirements of the landlord because some landlords may still want to live in their flats while renting out the spare rooms. Some of them could be retirees, empty nesters whose children has already married and moved out. So to them, renting out the entire flat is not an option. So they may choose to rent out the rooms for additional income. However, in Singapore, because our HDB flats are cheaper than private condominiums, so the rental yield is actually higher than renting out a private condominiums. The typical range of uh, rental yield for private condominiums can be as low as 2% to about 4%. However, the gross yield for renting out a HDB flats can range from 5% to even as high as 7.5%, especially for three-room flats. So the smaller flats actually can command higher rental yield than the larger flats such as five-room flats. However, this high rental yield is anomalous because rentals in Singapore has actually increased very significantly in the past two years. Take for example, last year alone, rental rates has increased by some 30%, which is one of the fastest rate of growth since 2006. However, I expect rental rates to start cooling off this year. It may even decline by 10 to 15% in 2024. So this high rental yield that we have seen in the HDB rental market may not persist. Mm, some of the yields on HDB flats look very interesting indeed. But I suppose you're right to point out, Nick, that maybe rents will come down and so those yields may not be as fat as what you have pointed out. HDB homes typically sit on 99-year leasehold land. This is no different from many private homes. However, with older private leasehold homes, on-block sales can pave the way for new developments and provide an exit, possibly with a windfall for existing homeowners. With older HDB homes, a small fraction gets selected to undergo the Selective On-Block Redevelopment Scheme, or SERS. But what about many older HDB homes that are not chosen to undergo SERS? Could a problem arise one day that the flat will be worth nothing when the land lease expires? The idea of the Voluntary On-Block Redevelopment Scheme, or VERS, has been surfaced. 
though many details on Verse have yet to be unveiled. Nick, when should one worry over an HDB resale flat's remaining land lease running down? Is the voluntary on-block redevelopment scheme going to give much relief to flat owners' concern over land lease running down to zero? Well, Leslie, I think many flat owners have not reached the stage where they have to worry about their lease running exceptionally low. But come the day when the flat owners could not sell their flats or the banks refuse to finance the purchase of a flat because the remaining lease is too low, that's when we are going to see problems arising in the HDB resale market. But so far, we have not reached that stage yet. And I believe the government is trying to prevent the whole market approaching that particular stage. Regarding the VERSE, the Voluntary On-Block Redevelopment Scheme, I think that the government has not released a lot of details about it yet. At the moment, we are all guessing in the dark. Quite likely that the government will be mindful that the lease of the flats should at least extend to the point where it will be at least a decade above the average lifespan of most Singaporeans. At the moment, it's about 83 years old for men and 85 years old for women. So the government at the moment for some of the homes that are designed for retirees, the retiree should be able to live in that home until at least age 95. So quite likely, they will introduce this principle to the verse team when it is introduced. Nick, as many estates built in the 1970s age, the issue of land lease decay and whether verse works well will loom larger in the years ahead. Meanwhile, only a small proportion of HDB resale homes fetched a magical million dollars or more. But the number of million-dollar HDB resale flat transactions is rising. Many estates have seen million-dollar deals. Still, many people are being rational in paying big bucks for HDB resale homes. Top-dollar HDB resale homes are way cheaper than private condominiums. A new 1,000-square-foot condominium unit in the suburbs, roughly the size of an HDB four-room flat, could cost over 2.2 million Singapore dollars. Indeed, as Singapore ages, expect many retirees to trade private homes for spacious HDB homes in popular locations, as you pointed out earlier. Is the rise in million-dollar HDB resale flat transactions inexorable? And does it make sense that many estates island-wide have million-dollar HDB resale flats? Since the transactions of the first million-dollar HDB flats in 2012 and they are located at Bishan, we have seen that this number of million-dollar flats grown each year over the last decade or more. And one of the reasons is because of inflation, just general inflation. Things just get more expensive. The price of our favourite hawker centre food has also risen over the past decade. Another reason is household income. Our general household income has also increased, so people can actually afford to pay more for choice locations, HDB flats. Another key reason is the increase in prices of private condominiums. You find that in many of the locations where there is a significant number of million-dollar HDB flats, the prices of private condominiums, especially three-bedroom condo units, tend to cost more than $2 million some even as much as $2.5 to $3 million. So for a household who needs a three-bedroom apartment, they have a choice whether they pay $2.5 to $3 million for a private condominium three-bedroom unit or to pay something that's half the price at one 
to $1.5 million for a HDB flat. And usually, the size of the HDB flat is much larger than that of the private condominium, by even as much as 20 to 30% larger. And another reason is that the HDB flats tend to be on higher floors. In our warm, humid climate, if your home is on a higher floor, you tend to enjoy cooler breeze and, of course, a nicer view. Taken all this into consideration, do some buyers paying a million dollars for a well-located HDB resale flats on a high floor with a nice view and bit more space tends to make sense? Nick, I think you're right. You can get three bedrooms in a HDB four-room flat with close to 1,000 square feet in size, whereas with some of the newer condominium units, three bedrooms are somehow packed into 800 square feet or so. Maybe we'll soon be immune from going goo-goo-gaga over million-dollar HDB resale flat transactions. Still, while existing, restriction-light HDB flats in good locations, especially unique ones such as Pinnacle at Duxton, are attractive, please exercise caution. Land lease running down for HDB resale homes is something to bear in mind. Also, there can be buyers in future who opt for resale plus or prime flats because such homes are competitively priced. Remember too, the global economy is shaky. Also, buyers have greater choice in the BTO market where more homes are being built, including in good locations. Keep cool when chasing after your restriction-like HDB resale home. Be disciplined in any property purchase, as Tycoon Quackling Bing advises in his recent biography. Thank you to my guest, Nicholas Mark. Thank you, Leslie, for inviting me. That's it for Property BT. Join us next time where we dive into what the upcoming lunar year of the wood dragon may hold for various segments of Singapore's property market. Property prices in Singapore have been resilient despite high interest rates. Prices of homes and offices in many global cities have been rattled by high interest rates. But Singapore is different. Is the Singapore property market's exceptionalism justified? Will the good times continue rolling or is there going to be a nasty downturn round the corner? Also, what might Budget 2024 have in store for Singapore property? I'm Leslie Yee. Thank you for listening and happy property hunting. This is a podcast by The Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.